And uh, yeah, so we're, this is the first, like we said, first webinar that we're doing, State of Marketing webinar. Um, the whole goal of this um, presentation is to give you guys some different insight um, from the marketing world, from uh, connecting with your customers, from digital and all that type of stuff, just to better understand some of the current situations going on. We can kind of have a little discussion about that and answer some of your questions. Because uh, we've had a lot of people kind of reaching out to us recently that have been asking a whole slew of questions with the given situation. So we wanted to kind of be a resource for you guys. Um, I'm going to be more the moderator today. My name is Ryan Snod. Um, I'll be kind of fielding some of your questions. So if you have never done a Zoom webinar before, at the bottom there is a Q&A area where you can ask any questions that you have. Um, you can also use the chat box on the right-hand side, and I'll be fielding some of those questions and handing those off to some of our panelists here. So we've got George, Chris, and Mark Wilkie. They're the partners at Applied Art, and we also have Shannon Quinn. She's our business development manager. So we'll be fielding a bunch of different questions and anything digital, sales, marketing, um, and all that type of stuff. So, But one of the first questions that we had was for um, connecting with customers face-to-face. -face. So I wanted to ask this one to Shannon. We can kind of discuss this as a group. But um, really, how do you connect with your customers right now, given the current situation, if you're in a more of a face-to-face -face business where you're talking a lot with customers or clients? How do you kind of navigate that in the current situation? Everything now is online via email or via text, depending on the relationship that I have with my client. Um, people at this point, they really don't want to be sold anything. They want... Uh, they want to feel connected and they want compassion. They want empathy for the situation they're feeling. Um, it's not my job to sell. It's my job to provide digital business-based solutions to help them uh, with their problems. So it's really about listening. It's about maintaining contact, sending emails, asking how I can help, asking what the status of their business is, how their family's doing. Uh, it's, it's really about building a relationship. They, they want to be heard. They want to they want to complain. They want to share their fears. And my job is to be available to them and hopefully deliver a message that resonates with their current situation and offer any kind of help that we can. And it's not a customized solution. It's not the same for not everybody is in the same boat. We're all experiencing the same situation, but different businesses have different needs. A lot of businesses have no idea how to facilitate something like we're facilitating today. So it's about maintaining contact via email and offering to be a resource to help them figure out whatever they're struggling with. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I think maybe talk a little bit more about a lot of people are afraid of being unprofessional or kind of, you know, yeah, having that kind of feel, explain a little bit about that. I think that's important. Well, I think, you know, this situation has humanized all of us. So, I mean, even our own employees, you know, when we get together for Friday afternoon, we're holding our dogs, we're seeing different parts of our homes. And, and so it's not, um, I think everybody, I think that feels more normal to be more relaxed. It's not a, it's not, doesn't have to be a strict regimented professional. I think people really embrace the fact that we're, we're all going through this. Um, somebody's going to walk by at an inappropriate time, a dog's going to bark and those kinds of things are tolerated. And I, 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 that's not necessarily a bad thing. And I think it really allows people to have more casual kinds of conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. I think those are great points, especially a lot of people have been asking, how do you, you know, how do you, how do you navigate that professional versus personal? And it kind of blends together, especially with that. So great point. Um, I just launched one of the polls for everybody that's attending. So feel free to chime in there. We're just trying to get a good feeling for 
what, how your marketing has been changing in the last month with the given situation. So feel free to chime in on that and we can share the results when everybody's um, chimed in. So um, one of the next questions while we're waiting for that, those results, uh, George, maybe you want to talk a little bit about how folks can get their sales process online and digitized because a lot of people are struggling with that and trying to play catch up. Um, what maybe your, some of your suggestions would be to get a business's sales process online? Um, uh, that's a good question, Ryan. Um, obviously, the <clears throat> way that we're conducting business has changed a lot uh, recently. And we don't know if some of those gonna, changes are going to continue after this is all over. But it's definitely uh, shifting online. Uh, with the remote workforce being online and, and companies that maybe weren't comfortable with remote workers are now. Um, so as far as getting your business processes online, I think, I think you really have to look and see if you're leveraging the digital channels uh, as much as you can. Face-to-face uh, -face meetings are, you know, going to be happening through... Uh, through webinar software or meeting software. Um, having a good system that's, that, uh, where you can manage all your digital contact points. <clears throat> we use uh, HubSpot to manage our marketing. Uh, so we can really uh, keep track of all the channels and all the touches and how we're reaching out to people. Um, there are a lot of different packages out there that you can use. I think it's, it's just, um, uh, really uh, reaching out and experimenting too. Uh, there's social media channels, there's uh, a lot of opportunities, video, webinars, virtual tours, uh, live tours. Uh, you, you just have to, can't have a single, uh, single channel strategy anymore. And it's going to be important to, to it's all about the, increasing the number of touches with your uh, prospects and your customers. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's it's an interesting time just where it's all where it's all going. So those are those are great points with that. Um, uh, before we move on, Ryan, I just heard an interesting comment from Zoom, which is who's hosting this for us. Um, last week, they had 10 million um, online meetings this this past week, they've had over 200 million. Wow. So you can see the exponential growth in this as as a way to communicate with people. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's great insight. Um, you know, I know uh, a lot of people were, oh, you know, I, an online meeting, I'm going to be broadcasting from my office or my home. Uh, I think they were reluctant to do it before, but now it's like, okay, everyone's used to it. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to share the results here with the poll. It's kind of interesting, some of the breakdowns here. Um, we've got a pretty much even over the board and actually the, the highest percentage was people have stayed the same with their marketing, which is interesting. So, um, we've had a lot of just mixed reviews. I mean, especially with clients that I work with on a daily basis, people are either all in, they're spending double on their marketing or doubling the efforts and doubling down, or they're kind of shrinking in and kind of, um, deciding to, to retract some of those costs and just to save some cash. So it's kind of an interesting, um, interesting poll here. It's always fun to just see what what people are doing. So, and again, if you have any questions for us, feel free to put them in the chat box on the right-hand side or in the Q and A area on the bottom of your that, screen. We can that kind of mirrors what I've been hearing too, is that um, many companies are, are um, 
cutting back on their budgets to save money. I think holding on to cash is what a lot of companies are doing right now with the uncertainty. Uh, the stimulus uh, bill may help ease that some. Uh, but in any regard, I think it's important that the companies that are successful through recessions, for example, are ones that maintain a marketing a budget. Uh, I think the key to be successful, though, is you have to make sure you're getting uh, maximizing your results. You have to really focus on ROI. You really have to watch the data. You really have to be experimental in what you're doing. You have to cut things that aren't working, and you have to optimize the things that are. Um, and those are the people you're going to be doing, trying to do more with less. And using uh, uh, channels which, you know, social media uh, is big uh, just because of uh, lower costs. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting how it'll be because there's anymore, there's so many free ways you can actively market. I think a lot of people are either trying to weigh out the storm or they go, go heavily on it. But I think a lot of it <coughs> pertains into the um, fact that you don't have to spend as much to still get it engagement with your with your you know customers your clients your prospects so that's kind of interesting you can do email that's free you can do organic social if you're doing that um, there's just a lot of opportunity there so well and I think I, I want to just chime in here because I think one of the things that's really unique about applied art is is to be act as a consultant with folks because there are a lot of free options and there are a lot of people out there trying to trying to sell whatever the greatest latest tool might be and you really got to sit down to george's point and get something that you're going to experience an roi with and that does mean going through a testing phase and making necessary adjustments not just throwing it out there and hoping it works Absolutely. Yeah. And I see uh, Deb had a question here in the chat. She was asking, um, could we answer some of the issues about security issues with Zoom? Because she had to download a security update before she could get in today's meeting. So I'm assuming with the influx of uh, participation on the, on the uh, software, I'm sure there's been some security issues. Maybe Mark or George, do you have any insight on that at all? Yeah, um, it was released ahead, yesterday. Yeah, it was released yesterday that they had... Um, a series of, of security leaks that people would be able to, it's been called now uh, Zoom bombing into webinars and meetings. Um, so what Zoom has released, you downloaded the patch. I think everyone this morning, they've released an update um, to try to do this, the meeting um, more secure. If you look, there's a info window which says this is our secure meeting. It's in the upper left. Um, so, and they are devoted, uh, the uh, CEO of Zoom came out and, and re released a plus press release that they are currently stopping all development on all other features, software and security and encryption. Um, so I think with the resources that they have, they will definitely be, um, it will be more secure, but the thing to remember is these are public and, and some people, if they have a desire to really do something harmful, they will try to find a way to do it. Um, very little, but it's interesting and hopeful that they are, the Zoom company um, is definitely uh, focusing all their resources to, to make that be less something that's going to happen. 
And I would just add to that that uh, all software has security issues. Anything that's online, even uh, software that's been around a long time, they're constantly finding uh, security flaws. That's why uh, updating your software on a regular basis, uh, any new software releases are usually, unless they're a major feature upgrade, are usually there to fix some sort of bug or security hole. So it's very important to keep uh, your software uh, updated. For sure, for sure. I think going back to what we were talking about before, um, people were kind of weighing this battle between should they cut or expand their marketing efforts. And I think, George, you had a good point about um, it's kind of based on your situation and how you can find free, free ways to do that and or lower cost ways, but it's all based on the ROI. So maybe, maybe walk some folks through how they can take kind of a lean approach to how they're thinking about their marketing if they're looking at either cutting or expanding it because I think that might be helpful. You know, I, th I think that's a good point, Ryan. Um, we use, we approach that with kind of a lean methodology, which is based on um, testing. So you really want to, you want to go through a, uh, everything you, you do as far as your messaging, you, you have some assumptions that you're making. And so you're trying to guess, yes, well, this, is this relevant to people? Does this resonate? Do I have this phrase the right way? Uh, so what we try to do is we try to run very short tests, uh, very low impact, and, and see how people react to the messaging. And then we optimize from there. Uh, instead of dumping a whole bunch into one channel, uh, we test the waters and, and really look at the data um, and I think that's a key. You have to really look at the metrics uh, before we even run any sort of a campaign or something. We, we have some hypotheses on how it's going to perform and what the, we look at what uh, sort of level it needs to attain, obtain to have a positive ROI. Uh, so I think you just really need to, you know, <clears throat> um, when the economy is good, it covers up a lot of um, the sloppiness and waste. And now, um, now we have to identify that. For sure. That's a great point. Um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit here as well. Um, Mark, maybe you can talk a little bit more about folks that have a lot of events that are being canceled or postponed. Um, obviously that's affected our, our business and a lot of our clients as well, because people do face-to-face -face trade shows and other, you know, meetings, conferences, shareholders meetings, those things. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit about some of the alternatives to canceling your event or postponing it and just some of the different options that are out there so people are aware. Well, and you might even, uh, several of our uh, attendees are, are from the museum world or, or from nonprofits, and I think uh, you could address that as well too. Yeah, there, there's a number of ways to, to accomplish that. Um, it depends on if you're, um, if you're approaching it from like the uh, – the presenter of a, a conference or an exhibit or a trade show versus an attendee or an exhibitor. Um, so if you're an exhibitor, you know, you tend to approach things from, okay, this is my booth space. This is what I'm going to have in my booth. These are the things that we're going to communicate in our booth. So you take that and you address that straight across to coming up with, you can do it with um, real time, doing something similar to what we're doing here. Um, you can do it where you would create the uh, videos or animation around your product or service that you're going to sell, take those things and present them. Um, if you're a, a company that puts on a trade show that you have multiple exhibitors, you could use a, a virtual trade show where you would have 
booths. Um, it'd be similar to um, we've done a mall site that has all of the um, companies that are in the mall. They all have their own space, and then you can click on that space, and it would go into the their specific branding. So it would be the you know like the exhibit, say a Con Expo, that would go. When you go to John Deere, you'd go to Case, uh, and then they would have all of their content in there that they would normally present at the show. That can be done with, uh, you know, face-to-face. -face. So I would be, someone would come in, they could ask me questions. It could be done remotely, it could be done in a chat. So there are a number of ways to accomplish that. If you have something that you want to promote directly, you could do a live feed. Um, for example, we've done a number of, of events where at a trade show, they were unable to physically bring whatever they were going to show. So we had a team that was at their facility to be able to show. And so people would ask questions. We'd be able to go directly to that part of the machine, explain the operation of it, how they handle things. Um, so it was direct two-way communication. It was a, um, it was really one team to one team. So we were in one location in Chicago. The team was in the other location in Ohio. Um, Two-way, two-way audio, two-way video, very similar to this, but it was a little bit more focused in the fact that we were able to, they asked question if we could show a part or show something or discuss the service. We were able to accomplish all of that um, without having to physically be there. So we had subject matter experts in Ohio and then we had presenters in Chicago. You could do that now just like this. We're, or probably Zoom probably might not be the best way to accomplish some of that. But with Facebook Live, with YouTube Live, um, with Vimeo, if you want something a little bit more secure, um, that could be back behind password protected um, so you know who's coming. There are a number of ways to reach out to the audience and do these things live. Awesome. Yeah, and I think we have another Q&A that kind of expands on that. Mark, we'll have, have you answer that as well. Um, they said that their, their company is really struggling to connect with their audience without in-person interaction. And what tools would we suggest um, to use during this time to connect besides Zoom? So um, they've heard a lot about virtual tours and messaging um, and message videos. And what kind of things would be effective in that type of time between those options? Um, there are a number of ways to, um, to handle that. I, I, I would probably pick one of the platforms, whether it be YouTube Live, whether it be Facebook Live, because then you are being able to connect and control or connect with them through your social media platforms. Um, if you have scheduled events so that you could do your virtual tour, um, you can do them simply with your cell phone if you want to go with a... <laughs> Mark just got hacked. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, someone rang the doorbell, and of course, I have dogs, so they reacted. To the doorbell. Um, my Mark's uh, uh, fending off the dogs. Um, <laughs> I think video, video almost universally has proved to get uh, uh, more interaction. And uh, the research is pretty clear about including uh, <clears throat> a video in the email, especially if you just did uh, uh, one like uh, with your webcam on your uh, laptop and included that along. And that gives you a chance to personalize and, and, and 
and the, like I say, the statistics are that people will interact with a personalized video like that much more than just uh, uh, reading a message. And I think the virtual tours are great. I think live events are awesome too. I mean, if you're a museum, you can have your, you know, your curated tour. You could have a talk about a particular uh, work of art or a display or an exhibit and schedule those. Because honestly, I think people are going to be really tired of sitting at home and they're really looking for stuff to do. I noticed uh, just the people reaching out to me on LinkedIn has probably tripled since uh, everyone's staying at home. So there's a lot of opportunities online right now. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we had another question come in as well. They're asking about um, their businesses had to shift almost entirely online, which a lot of us are going through as well. Um, but they're out, their website's really outdated. And what do we think is the best way to redesign or rebuild their website to focus on the efforts um, of like either they pump out a bunch of content um, or do they work on improving their current existing site? Like, how would you prioritize those given the current situation, George? Um, I would definitely focus on content um, right now. Content is great because that's really what people are, are coming to, uh, to digest anyway. Um, it, uh, if you had to prioritize one, content's what gets you SEO, not design. Um, no, don't wait. I think you have to be, you have to be out there and generating content uh, all the time. Um, and giving people fresh reasons to come back. I think it's a mistake um, to, uh, to wait until everything's perfect uh, uh, as far as a website redesign. And, uh, and, but I would just keep the content going as, as much as you can. Sure, sure. Well, we talk I, about that all the time, that website, particularly now when everybody's Googling everything and looking for available resources. It doesn't have to be an overhaul, a total redesign. You can make some improvements incrementally. Content is a piece of that so that the most relevant information is what they see first. And like George said, don't, don't wait on that. Get started. It doesn't have to be this all-consuming big expense. You can be, it can be done in phases, but the key is to get started now and work towards your, your end goal so that by the time this all kicks back in, you're that much further ahead from, from the competition if competition is a is a factor. For sure. Yeah. And I think to, to kind of piggyback on that, Shannon, maybe we can talk a little bit more about authenticity with that kind of communication, whether it's on your site or when you're reaching out to, to people that are in your network. Um, people are kind of struggling with that. How do you, how do you be authentic, but still sensitive to the situation, um, especially in a marketing or sales effort as we're pumping out content and trying to reach our customers? Well, I think the website is all about telling your story, whatever, you're in, whatever your company's story is, whatever your story is, people want to feel that. And as particularly right now, everybody feels that they're in a unique situation. And what they want from customers and salespeople is to kind of understand what their world is like and to kind of live in it with them. So I think your website really has to be uh, clearly communicate who you are, the services that you provide, who your customer is and how you benefit them and, and what, what your goals are as a, as a provider of whatever it is, if you're providing entertainment or a product or service. Um, and that's where I think just a, a consultation to talk about and maybe help people identify who they are and how, what they want to be known for is, is a really good start to creating that authenticity. For sure. Yeah, that's a great point. 
Um, I know we're trying to be mindful of everybody's time here, so we have a couple more talking points. And again, if you have any any questions, put them in the Q&A or in the chat. We appreciate those just so we can make it as relevant as possible for you. Um, one of the other things that we were going to talk about also was um, social media advertising. We've had a lot of folks that are um, curious about if I if they are trying to cut or expand what what options are out there. And I just wanted to pass along just with some of the statistics from what our clients are seeing and when we're running ads for clients, what that looks like. Um, some folks have been actually getting half or even lower costs for leads. So the inventories for Facebook and Instagram, as well as Google, a lot of big advertisers are pulling their advertising dollars out. So they're kind of retracting in. So from an ad buying standpoint or an advertising standpoint, if you are going to kind of double down on marketing, it is pretty price effective at this point. Um, we've also talked with some of our media buyers in TV as well, and they're saying very similar things where people are pulling a lot of their spots to try and retain some cash. So if you are in a position where you want to kind of go um, on the on the offensive instead of the defensive, um, right now is actually a pretty good time to do it if if that is the play that your organization's trying to do. So just thought I'd throw throw that in the mix there. So yeah, another thing that we might talk about too is like geotargeting. Um, and being very, very focused, I, I think targeting is going to be a key no matter what you're doing. And the, some of the uh, technologies out there are just uh, amazing. Um, we have the capability to go back and <clears throat> target anybody that's visited your store, museum or whatever in the last 90 days and uh, deliver ads to them uh, or your competition. Uh, <laughs> so the, the, it's a little big brotherish or creepy but uh, it depends on how you do it i think you can do it very tastefully uh, but it's just one of those tools to help you you know a targeting is about getting the right message to the right people and spam is just when you get a message that you're not a target for so trying to avoid that uh, with better targeting i think is essential absolutely yeah, I think we're coming down to some of the last points here, but did anybody else have anything they wanted to talk about specifically in the panel before we open it up for more questions here? No. Looking back at the chat here, make sure we didn't miss any questions. Um, also, George, maybe... Oh, sorry, Mark, go ahead. I was just going to ask to make sure that if anyone asked a question, if they felt that we've answered it, or do we need to expand on any of it? Sure, sure. Yeah, and if, feel free to over-communicate in the chat. If, if there are things you want specific answers on, we're happy to field some of those while we've got everybody here. So um, one of the questions, too, while we're waiting on some more questions for George specifically was um, you had found some research on what people were doing with some of their marketing efforts in terms of websites. Maybe you want to share some of that a little bit. Yeah, right now a survey uh, uh, seemed to indicate that companies were cutting back uh, sort of retainer work and that they were focusing on uh, the things that were actually seeing a bump were uh, web design and graphic design. Uh, the companies looked at that as a one-time expense uh, rather than ongoing costs that they were going to cut and thinking that was a good time uh, to improve their web presence and their uh, uh, all their communications uh, look and feel, um, because there is a there is a backside to this too. So I think it's a part of it's being prepared when when this is all over. For sure. Awesome. Well, I'm not seeing any more um, questions in the in the chat or anything, so we can probably 
come to a close here shortly. Oh, there's but... one more question there. I see Ryan. Oh, another one coming in. Sweet. Okay. Okay. We've got another one here. They are a travel company and um, travel has pretty much become impossible, which is understandable. Um, they're wondering though about the messaging that they can do in their marketing efforts. So um, they're a for-profit company, but is it possible to suggest people buy gift cards for future purchases or they, should they avoid asking at all in their communications? Should they avoid um, trying to be more asking rather than selling? You know, I, I've heard of a couple small examples of that. I know there's a, a, a massage place um, that uh, if you buy the gift card, they'll send you a, a video of some simple massage things you can do at home until you get into, you can actually go in to see them. Um, I think that's interesting. I like the idea of gift because, you know, that's, um, you, you still want to generate revenue. And as a travel company, yeah, that's a, that's a huge thing. People still want to travel and they want to, and, you know, if you can give them a, disc, uh, a gift card or a discount, if, but if you can send them a video, if you can, you know, maybe you have a, here's the destination of this week that we're going to see. So when, you know, so as you're sitting here with time and dreaming about where you might want to go, you know, let's uh, maybe you can get on live chat. And we can talk about where, you know, give you some personal one-on-one -on -one consultation about things that you might be interested in and what we have. I think um, the key on that, George, I think that's a great idea as long as fulfillment isn't going to be an issue because we don't know what the state of time is going to be when it's on the other side of this. And I know just in talking with some of our existing clients, we were talking about some small restaurants and businesses that, that, you know, that are promoting those gift cards, but there's real, real serious concern about whether or not those are going to be honored or that if this goes on for two or three more months, that the business will still be in place. So I think as long as the travel, I think, is a little bit different, as long as the fulfillment is, is, is real and can follow through, then I think the gift card with a video really makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I like that, too. And those are good points, Shannon. Um, in lieu of that, you can still build, keep this relationship going. Sure. And that's, I think, what's important. Not only, not only uh, uh, keep it going, but actually make it stronger. You know, when you, ha when you build a relationship through adversity, it's a lot of times stronger than, than it was before. Agreed. So I think there's opportunities there. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's, it's inter interesting, George, you brought up, it's kind of like a tied you over type of approach where yeah. it's... They're, and they're and, and the question would should we avoid any ask at all in our communications? I think it's, I think you really you're given something. You know, you're given, you can sell a gift card, but you're going to give something. You, they're going to get something special out of this. Or you can give advice or you can give uh, a consultation. It's oh, a good hope. time to give. Just yeah, it's, hope. Remain hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, you're selling aspirations. So if you, continue to, if you continue to talk about where they could go or what are the possibilities... And you're establishing a relationship with them. So when the time comes for that people are able to, because we all know that we will be able to, this, this, this is, you know, there's going to be a beginning, a middle, and an end to this. So once you have that relationship, they're going to most likely come to you. Absolutely. That was good. Thank you for that question. Any other questions at all? Feel free to put them in the Q&A box. Um, 
just in general, what are we what are we feeling in terms of working remotely? Do you, I know just from from our standpoint, we've kind of transitioned pretty smoothly, but I think a lot of folks are probably struggling with it. Maybe any best practices for video chat while you're talking internally to um, your coworkers and stuff like that for the folks at home. <laughs> Anybody? No. Okay. Oh, from us? Yeah, I would. Yes. I, I'm say I. Yeah, it, working remotely was easy for us because we had used a lot of online tools. You know, so we had all of our project management online, and we had all of our marketing online. So, uh, being at home, uh, working remotely wasn't a problem. Uh, using the conferencing tools uh, became, I think, pretty easy to do. Um, reaching out to clients and having conversations and, and demonstrations of things uh, seemed pretty easy to do. I don't know if everyone uh, as was as well equipped as we were for for working virtually, but it's the transition's been quite smooth for us. Sure, sure. I know one of the things. Oh, sorry, Mark. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, and, and there's going to be technological hurdles if you've not done it before. It's just struggling through them. And if you need help, we certainly can help you with these because we've done, when we use Zoom and go to meeting almost every day um, uh, and have for a long time, um, both of them have their advantages and disadvantages. Um, so making that transition is, in the future, will make you more productive as well. Uh, you know, one thing I was going to add to this is when you uh, when you work remotely, you sometimes feel well, it can feel a little more distant from everybody. And one of the things that we've done is we have a Friday afternoon get together at four o'clock where we normally drink beer, and we've kept that on. We all meet virtually, and everyone has their drinker of choice, and uh, it's and we just socialize. And I think that's really been uh, a great thing. Yeah, it, you don't want to make it all about business. You have to keep the social aspect because that's one of the things that we've always had is, you know, we're social beings. So at work, we tend to socialize. You, you don't have the quote unquote hallway water cooler kind of communications that you had every day. So now you have to, you have to make time and manufacture those. And from a sales perspective, that's absolutely critical because I'm a social being. And so totally disconnecting would just drive me crazy. And this is the only reason I'm not there yet. So if you've got a sales team or invite your clients, I mean, I haven't done that yet, but I have clients and I know would probably love to have a beer with us. <laughs> That's via actually Zoom. a good idea. It is. We should have one delivered to their house on Friday afternoons. <laughs> um, uh, there's a question from Deb. Um, about which platform is best to, to use for the remote staff meetings. Um, it, it depends, you know, if you have, if your staff has the bandwidth at home, um, having a, a video conference like zoom or go to meeting is great. Um, we have a couple of people in our office that don't have the bandwidth. Um, so they join us audibly. So it's just using your phone. So you can do these all, um, Zooms is, uh, Zoom allows the, the reason we like Zoom is if we're going to show a video or something from our screen that has audio, it has the ability to transfer that audio, whereas GoToMeeting does not. Um, so there's, there's challenges with that. Um, companies tend to like 
com some of the companies we work with tend to prefer GoToMeeting. Um, so that's why we have that platform as well. Uh, I would have to say over the past two weeks, I was kind of in the GoToMeeting camp until this past couple of weeks. I think I've, I've transitioned to be a, I, I like the Zoom meeting. Um, I, I like the format. I like the way the feature set. They're very similar. Um, they're just subtle differences. Um, so it's both of them are easy to use, um, relatively easy to use once you set up and, and then create your meeting and then anyone can just join. All I have to do is click on it. If you, they both have apps so that you can use and, and iOS. So if someone's calling in, it's a one-click push. You don't have to, you, you can use the phone part and dial the number and then dial the access code and then dial the participant code, or you just do the one button or one push and it launches you into the meeting and that's on both of them. So my recommendation is to play an experiment. Both of them have free accounts that you can use to, to check and test. As you can see, George just moved himself to the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, that's one of the features of, of Zoom is you can create virtual backgrounds um, so that you can remove yourself from your physical background. It's pretty fun. <laughs> awesome. I think that was most of the questions. I know just in closing here, can, uh, does anybody want to chime in on some of the interesting ways we're seeing people using technology to connect right now? I know a lot of people are doing virtual tours or they're doing, you know, talking head state of the addresses from presence of the company. What are, what are some unique ways that you're seeing different industries using this current situation and using technology to try and merge that gap a little bit and connect with people? Well, I, I would say um, um, there's some really creative and unique things uh, going on out there. Uh, but really just, um, just go good old-fashioned reaching out to people and being on social media and thinking carefully about what your messaging is. Um, but just being out there and, and just don't wait just to get out there. Um, that's what I'd say. I, I hear a lot of uh, creative things going on, but I wouldn't wait for some creative inspiration to come. I just, you want to just try to keep in touch with people. Sure, sure. Yeah, and, and failing forward is important too. Just I know a lot of people are kind of perplexed by the fear of, oh, it has to be perfect. But I think just getting, getting out there and, and being forward thinking with it because time is not what we have the advantage of right now in terms of getting, you know, responses out to people and being, you know, more reactive than proactive. So, you know, we did, we did a thing a while ago, I think is, is relevant for social media communications in general. We, we had a meeting in the video department and we're talking about, well, how do you make a talking head interview interesting? And so we talked about all the different ways. The, the final conclusion was the best way is just have them say something interesting. And I think that's true with all the, your communications. Just say something interesting, be relevant, be yeah. helpful. And be genuine. Um, and, and realize that things are not going to be perfect. Obviously, you know, I had, I would never have expected to come, someone to come ring my doorbell um, <laughs> when we're in the social distance time. And, you know, I have dogs, so they're going to react to that. I had to let my dog out too. <laughs> it's just <laughs> what it is. But people, so, I mean, it's, I, I don't know, the communications that I have and the conversations that I have, that's, people just want to be able to have that conversation. They want you to empathize. They want to 
They want to connect. They want the compassion. They want to be heard. And I think just staying in touch one way or the other, whether it's email is great. And what I've heard is, you know, if they've got kids at home and juggling all of that, email they can read when they have time. So that might be later in the evening. And my goal is I'm just planting seeds. I'm trying to connect. Typically what I would do is handwritten cards because that's such a big deal. I don't know if people are picking their mail up or not, um, but I will at some point have that there so that when things do resume where somebody goes to their office and picks up mail, there's another touch point. Um, we've sent video books. We've recorded videos and, and sent them to clients that we had never even met to introduce ourselves. So if you're looking for, if you've got prospects that are, are pretty good and you've got or travel, if you've got home addresses, you can shoot a small video, throw it in a book and send a personalized note. So, I mean, there are all kinds of options and I can talk more about the, the video books. Um, Deb, I have several, I don't have, they're at the office, but some of them hold a couple of minutes we can record it in the studio. Um, we did it for uh, Buena Vista University. So they wanted a video to rec for recruitment purposes. We'd never met, we didn't drive up there. We went in the studio, recorded a message, contained a sample reel of some of our work, mailed it to her. She called me and just went nuts. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe how it was such a unique and engaging way to demonstrate what we do without us ever having met. We'd only talked on the phone. We got the deal, I believe, solely because of, you know, the way we engaged her uniquely. It was very excited. And we've done it for a couple of other clients. Um, the video book that we put together, I think it was about $100, the book itself. It was branded with our logo. There are much less expensive options that are just cardboard, maybe like a five by seven that you can mail. Um, there are lots of different ways to, to do that. We've had a lot of success with that. And it's cool. It's a cool piece and they can pass it around, which she did. Um, and they, yeah, it was really a good way to engage. Awesome. Well, I think we're coming up here on time, guys. Well, thank you so much for all the attendees and panelists for kind of getting this together and kicking off our inaugural uh, webinar here. Uh, we're planning on doing more of these in the future. So if you have any other questions, feel free to let us know at ideas at appliedart.com. Um, and then I'm also going to be sending out a link um, either today or tomorrow with a link to um, just schedule a free, any kind of consultation with anybody in our office that you have a certain question about. So if you want to learn more about way people are using video books or ways people are using animation or websites, or if you have specific questions that you just want a one-on-one -on -one talk with somebody, no obligation or anything, um, we'll also be sending a link out for that as well. So, and if you know people that would benefit from this kind of, kind of conversation, invite them on, on our behalf, invite them to attend. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody. Um, if you have any more questions, like we said, feel free to um, send them to Ideas at Applied Art, and we'll take care of it. And we're planning on hopping on one of these again next week. So keep your uh, keep your eyes open for an email for that. So 